Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. In today's ep, we explore how life will look for us as restrictions ease across the country. What have our lessons of the last few months been? How will we be showing up differently as we step back out into the world? We reckon a TV must-watch and a streaming service for our trashy reality lovers. Jordana guesses the celebrity natal chart of her dad's doppelganger, Robert De Niro. And we wrap up the ep explaining our newly coined term, junk food astrology. I wonder if Robert De Niro's natal chart is similar to my dad's. I can't wait. Do you know your dad's full natal <laughs> chart? Actually, we actually don't. No, nobody knows what time he was born. I mean, I know he's a Scorpio. That's all I know. But um, it, it would just be interesting, wouldn't it? But we've got no way to prove it. No way to prove it. I can't <laughs> wait for that part of the app because it's a really interesting chart, George. Like the whole chart is interesting. No, is it? It is an yeah. interesting chart. Oh, yes. Great. Okay, I'm excited. Um, so I've been thinking about restrictions lifting in ISO. And um, they're different all across Australia and, you know, other parts of the world. So we can't really say. But at least in New South Wales, um, we've just been notified that on the 1st of June, they're allowing 50 people in pubs, bars and restaurants, which is wild. It's actually huge, George. Yeah, it's really exciting. Now, that is just New South Wales at this stage. So sorry, everyone outside of New South Wales. But I'm sure restrictions will start lifting everywhere else. But it's funny. I was thinking this morning on my walk, I was like... What was one thing that I was really hoping to get done in ISO that I just didn't get around to doing? And before I tell you what mine is, what was yours, Hol? Oh, Jo, that is such a good question. One thing that I wanted to get around to in ISO that I didn't get around to doing. Oh, shit, you've really thrown me here. Oh, I know what it is, reading. Oh, okay, you thought you were going to read more. Well, I haven't read at all. I just literally today picked up Untamed. And how many weeks have we been in ISO? I don't know, like a couple of months. Jord, I haven't read a single book. What have you been doing with your time? Uh, I've been painting and I've been sleeping in and I've been journaling a lot. Yeah, and nice. Lots of creative outlets, but mm. reading was like top of my list. I have a stack of books and I just, I don't know why. Weird. Well, you can still read out of ISO. This is true. It's yeah, not like going to change anything. Nothing's going to change. <laughs> tell, tell me yours. I kind of wanted to have a perkier butt. I was like, <laughs> I am going to get <laughs> so a much peach. Yeah, I'm going to get so much exercise done in ISO. I'm going to be doing Pilates classes every morning. I'm going to go for walks. I'm going to do yoga every evening and then I'm going to go for another walk and then I'm going to come in and I'm going to do a dance class with Sydney Dance Company. And I was just like, but you know what happened instead? I got adrenal fatigue and I couldn't even leave the house. So it was like the complete opposite of what I was hoping for. It ended up being, it ended up being the best thing because I, I really needed to rest and not <laughs> use all my energy to get a perky butt. Well, it's so it, that's what I was going to say. It's so interesting, isn't it? That your body's going, I hear you, but this is actually what you need right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is actually a time to really slow down and pacing it up here and quickening the pace here is just not the way to go. Yeah. So, so really. that's what the universe told me. But, um, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> I was like, that did not happen. <laughs> do, do you know what, though? I, I feel like, at least in my experience, I was very much the same at the start with the workouts from home. I was like, because I know what I get like with especially movement. If I get out of a habit, like of regular consistency, it, I'm just all or nothing. And I really didn't want to go nothing. So the first couple of weeks there, I was just going hard with the training in the morning. And then it just kind of got less and less and less. Yeah. But I needed the breather too, George. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think it was a novelty at first for people. Um, and then I think you just slowly get over it. Although I've had my second wind because I wasn't allowed to do anything for a really long time. And when I say anything, guys, I mean anything. I couldn't even do a walk on the sand. Like I couldn't walk on the beach. It was bad. 
But now that I can, again, I'm really excited. So I've been doing the lighthouse walk, which I usually do, but um, also live stream yoga classes. And I find that when I'm doing them live stream, which basically means the teacher is teaching as I'm watching, I find it a lot easier to get into flow and kind of feel the energy of other participants than when I'm sort of watching a pre-recorded class. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's just, you know, placebo effect of what your brain thinks that because other people are doing it at the same time, you don't want to like um, be the one that bows out, even though they can't see you. I don't know what it is, but it's like you can feel their energy a lot more. So I've really been making sure that I commit to the live stream times. I signed up to the online classes for Body Mind Life. Um, just because I know all the teachers and it feels really comfy for me. But um, it's been it's probably been one of the best discoveries I've had fitness-wise in ISO. It's interesting. I feel the same. And this is why I show up to your yin class on Sunday morning on the Hustle live stream every Sunday morning because mm-hmm. I feel the same. It's so nice to have it live and have you there and it be just this regular practice that, Jord, I wasn't doing yin when before, like I call it like pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, my yin practice was non-existent. But because it's so easy to be like, it's at this time, it's in my lounge room, yeah. I'm going to show up. All I have to do is roll my mat out. It doesn't matter what I look like. No one can see me. And I can be my trackies and just let go. It's been one of the best gifts of this time. Absolutely. I think so too. I did a yin class last night, also live stream. It was at six o'clock. So it was dark. I had all the lights off in the house. I had some candles on. I was wearing like trackies and a massive like oversized cardigan, big fluffy socks. And once it finished, I just went up to bed and read. And it was, it was so such it felt like such an indulgence but it was just such a simple routine that we can actually be doing regardless of whether it's COVID or not. I feel like that's what a lot of us have discovered in this time is the joy in the simplicity and really reconnecting with the simple things in life and bringing joy from that. And when we're finding joy from simple moments, I feel that presence goes hand in hand with that. So for example, I've always loved my cacao ritual before any of this kind of happened, but now it's like a genuine oh, I understand what the coffee people are talking about now, like really looking forward to it and savouring it. And, George, you've spoken about the ritual of coffee before. And it's been it's been this experience for me with cacao during this time of introspection because it's slow and it's something to look forward to in the day and it gives you that little bit of a, a peak and a buzz. Like I've mm. really enjoyed that. It's really interesting that you say that because I um, I had to give – I've had to give up coffee since we've – been in isolation just because it happened to be timed with the adrenal fatigue and I think for me the one thing that made it easier to do it was again the ritual got flipped so my usual ritual of going to the coffee shop having a chat with the girl sitting down and talking to whoever was there and then going for my lighthouse walk in the morning changed because of ISO and it made the giving up of coffee over the last two months, a really easeful experience because it wasn't attached to ritual. Does that make Do you sense? Know, it does. And what's fascinating, Geordie, is this is a really big deal for you because, yeah. and the listeners will know too, you've attempted to do the coffee giving up <laughs> multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> it's been two months in isolation and mm. you've not really even spoken about it. It's just happened. Yeah, and I, it's interesting because I didn't, I don't know what the hell happened this time, but I didn't have any withdrawals. I think because I was feeling so shit anyway, I didn't notice Mm. all of the withdrawals from the coffee because it was just my adrenals screaming at me. And in in some way that actually helped. And also because I was so sick, it was easy for me to give all of that up. I mean, I also had to give up alcohol and sugar. And when I say sugar, I mean all sugar guys, like fruit even. I couldn't have anything without my blood sugar spiking. And so yeah, so coffee, alcohol, sugar, and what else did I give up? And gluten. And um, because it made me feel so much better so quickly, it was easy to stick to it, you know? But I think when you do those things and you don't really notice a benefit, which has happened for me a few times when I've given up coffee, I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I torturing myself, you know? Totally. Mm. Do you feel that, uh, and given you had to make these health decisions while in isolation, are these going to be pieces that you carry with you as, you know, bars are opening and restaurants Mm. are opening and you're going to be more enticed to grab that coffee in the morning? 
Yeah, I mean, really good question. I would like to say yeah, but probably no. I I am gonna stop with the coffee. I don't I don't need it. I actually don't need it in the mornings. And and I have been having the odd decaf, and decaf's come a long way. It tastes the same as coffee, so I'm actually fine with that. Um, uh, what else? Sugar. Uh, sugar's a funny thing, isn't it? Because when you're not having it, you don't want it. It's only yeah. when you start having it again that you crave it. So I'm happy to stay off that for a little bit longer. Um, and alcohol, I mean, no, like, let's be honest, as soon as I can go out and have a drink again, I will be doing that. But what, what happened, which is not unusual for some people, but it was for me is that I was drinking a glass of wine every night at home and not that there's anything wrong with that. Cause it was just one glass, but because my system was so fried, it was just making the inflammation in my body really bad. And it was just making my recovery time really slow. So giving that up made such a difference to my recovery. So I'm not worried about going back to being a binge drinker because I never was, you know what I mean? So yes, it's fine. Yeah. I was the same as you, Jord, when everything kind of peaked and fear levels were heightened. I think a lot of people found themselves reaching for that extra glass of wine or that extra bottle, which again, no judgment. But for me, I know we were very similar. It's like, I'm going to the bottle shop and buying a bottle of wine and having a glass like on a Tuesday night, wild. Um, And I've been the same as you over the last few weeks, just really paring back on needing to drink to kind of as a coping mechanism. Uh, But that said, when the bars are open and like, I'm going to, my first dinner at a restaurant tonight yeah that's so exciting, <laughs> so exciting for my sister's birthday with my mom and Trent and I'm excited to have a glass of wine and really enjoy it and savor it and be a social gal are you excited to meet the six other people that will be dining with you <laughs> isn't that wild to think yeah and it's like seated timings. I mean, they have to do it this way and yeah. it's all a set menu. And it took my mom, bless her, days to find something yeah, that wasn't I can imagine. Cool. But I guess um, hospitality ramping up things, it would be a great time to start to be working in hospitality again and seeing this traction build for them. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be a great time for them, but I think, yeah, I think they'll get there for sure. Yeah. Well, especially with the 50. I mean, that's jumped quite quickly in New South Wales, hasn't it? Like opening to 10 to 50 within what, a fortnight? Yeah, which really surprises me. I think, um, and nobody quote me on this because I don't read as much as I should around this anymore, but I'm pretty sure, I mean, Gladys has done it to boost the economy, right? Um, yeah. Which, which is sensible. I'm not saying that's the wrong thing to do, but it was interesting that they didn't do the, because initially stage two was meant to be 20 people. It's funny that they skipped that. Yeah, I wonder what that's about. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess they they want they need to give hospitality a boost and until they do there's a lot of job loss and you know falling of economy. They ha- I mean they have to do it. I think it's smart. There's a mm. lot of politics going on at the moment and it's it's very confusing and it's a little bit scary and this little kind of like war that's taking place between Queensland and New South Wales and the borders is really interesting because I don't know a lot about politics, so I'm not going to go into it, but it's starting to become a little bit of a political agenda rather than what's best for the people and best for the state and better for the economy and tourism. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's just a bit annoying. I'm like, guys, get it together. Well, I guess that's the other piece that's starting to lift, isn't it? Tourism and being able to do some interstate travel. So uh, you are much more informed on this than me, Jord. What what are those rules? What are those bans that are kind of being lifted? Well, there's, they're not. So okay. New South Wales tourism has been lifted, but New South Wales can't get into South Australia, can't get into um, right. Queensland, can't get into the Northern Territory and can't get into WA. So <laughs> we can go to Victoria and Canberra Canberra, yeah pretty much um we can't get into Tassie either I don't think so at just at the moment um uh, oh my god I'm having a mind blank of the this is so bad of the Queensland Premier's name but she's basically saying that it's very likely that it won't be until September okay that she'll open those Queensland borders unless with the lifting of restrictions there's not a whole new case of infections, which there's going to be. There's bound to be. It's yeah. They're factoring that in. Yeah. Um, but look, I, I kind of get what she's saying. She's like, Queensland has 12 active cases. New South Wales has 300 active cases. Yeah. It's very different, you know. But I just think 
It's particularly hard for people who live near the border, like I do. Yes. Like we're in northern New South Wales. We're, we're seriously half an hour from the Queensland border. And a lot of people are working on the other side and you can get permits and that's all fine. But like my mum lives in Brizzy and I can't get up to see her. I mean, I can, but then I have to quarantine when I get there. So it's like, well, what's the point? I want to stay there for 14 days. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So it's just been, it's just been interesting. But no, restrictions are lifting and it's really exciting. My birthday is coming up yes. just in time for restrictions to lift. It's the perfect time, George. So yeah. what, what are birthday plans? Because there was a period there where it looked like, you know, you may have been alone on your birthday and that's not the case anymore. No, um, I haven't got any massive concrete plans. I'm having a very fancy lunch at a very fancy restaurant with my bestie. Um, so we're going to do that in the middle of the day at this stage they're saying set menu but that was just before they announced the restrictions lifting on the 1st of June so I'm hoping they go to a full-fledged menu by my birthday not that it it really matters Um, so that'll be during the day and then in the early late afternoon early evening probably depending on what opens I still don't know what's going to be open then but probably having a drink with about five friends how good is that yeah but honestly, like, oh, it's just, birthdays are just a funny thing as you get older. Like, I love birthdays, but when you're away from your family and a whole bulk of your friends, most of my friends are in Sydney, it's just, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm. it's um, speaking of birthdays, and I guess the other thing is, like, weddings and big plans of, like, occasions, you can imagine the, almost like the peaks and troughs of anxiety and fear are now, like, oh, hang on a second, can we revisit this? Like a friend of mine who was going to be married earlier this year and then it had to be postponed, she sent out a save the date for, you know, the second half of this year because it's looking like it can go ahead. And it must feel like this, uh, I guess it's a sense of surrender and flow with where we're heading in terms of restrictions lifting, but then a little bit of anticipation, like nervous anticipation of, is this actually okay? Like, that's how I feel with a lot of things. Like, is it actually going to stick? Are we actually going to have these eased for the rest of the year? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny. I, yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. We we Mm. could have a second wave. We could have a second outbreak. Like, instinctually, is that the word? Intuitively? Intuitively. Intuitively, I, I don't know. I kind of feel, I, I, I kind of feel okay about it all. Yeah, I, I don't agree. often say this, but I kind of trust the government at the moment. I feel like they've handled it in Australia very well. Yeah. I mean, comparatively speaking, you look around the world and it's like, I'm so, so grateful to be here where we are Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest gratitude pieces, I think, that you and I both have spoken about that we can take from this experience is being where we are in the world right now, like so beyond grateful for where we live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. I mean, you think about the numbers in the US and the UK and they're in the tens of thousands of deaths and mm. I think we just hit 100 deaths the other day. Okay. And you know, every life is is valuable, but like that is that is an increased difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even when you look at your micro worlds and where you live, like in terms of I know that I've spoken on the potty for a long time of Trent and I are making the move to Byron and we can't wait to move north. But what this experience has definitely taught me is how content we are in our home here and you know There's no rush in making that move. It will happen. But I would have never thought that this experience of really isolating in our home would bring a whole newfound appreciation for it. You know, it's been a really beautiful gift of this time. Yeah, beautiful. What other gifts do you think you've taken from this time? Definitely connection. It's been really interesting to notice the people that you miss, you know, the Mm. people that you're wanting to have a Zoom or a FaceTime call with or, you know, when it started to ease restrictions, the people that you're planning the catch-ups with straight away. And uh, I've even started letter writing with one of my best friends, Em. It was her initiative and, like, getting a letter, a handwritten letter from her in the mail, like these sorts of things. Oh, cute. I know. We just started this two weeks ago. It was her call. I, like, cried when I got it. 
those sorts of things have been beautiful gifts of reestablishing connection with people that are really important, including my family, who uh, I tend to take for granted quite a bit. And, you know, when, when times of immense fear arise, you do think more frequently about the people that you love and that mean something for you. And I'm the first one to really slack off with the check-ins. So really re-engaging and having present conversation and asking my loved ones, how are you? What's going on? And the depth of conversation has been a real gift. Mm. How about you, my love? What have been some gifts for you? Gifts. I um, I really feel, I mean, I already feel like I have a really good relationship with myself in terms of like self-trust and self-awareness and self-observation. But I, I feel like I really got like a heavy dose of it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, it's been, it's been nice. Like I, I do enjoy my own company and I, um, what I've really I've always been able to do it, but I've really stepped it up a notch is I've just really been able to self-soothe, you know, yeah. like it's, it's been quite a um, tumultuous ISO for me in terms of like stuff going on while I've been stuck in the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and not having people to hug and um, reassure me has been interesting like it's all happened over the phone and zoom obviously but um not having people in the flesh and and i've really just have been having to um yeah self-soothe and for me self-soothing is like it's not just self-love because i just feel like self-love can be a bit naff and forced sometimes yeah it's like being there for yourself despite what you're going through like and being kind to yourself despite everything that's happening around you and, and your reaction to it. You yes. know, like um, we've spoken a little bit whole and we won't go in depth into it, but like first half of ISO, I was great. And people kept, people kept calling me and going, are you okay? Like you live on your own. Like you're probably feeling a bit lonely. I'm like, I'm fine. Like I'm really good. I was. And then second half of ISO, it hit me a bit and I was like, oh mm. God, I've been on my own for a really long time. Yeah. And it started to kind of like, encroach on me and instead of going no you're fine like you're good you're and talking myself out of it I just let myself feel lonely and and was there for myself I, I mean it all sounds a bit weird when you're saying it out loud but I'd be like it's okay George like it's okay to feel lonely and like you know pat myself on the back you know it's okay I'm here if you need me <laughs> you know yes, classic yes. Gemini classic Gemini like I'm here I'm here look at all the personalities that I'm here you <laughs> It doesn't sound wild at all. And actually, it's incredibly timely for me because I've just started reading off your recommendation, Untamed, Glennon Doyle. Mm. And I shared a quote in my stories this morning where she's talking about the um, the spectrum of feelings that we have in ourselves as human and the fact that we are taught so often to only seek the feelings of happiness and joy and, and to run away from the feelings of loneliness and fear and sadness. It's like, well, in the running away of that, you're not honouring your human self. Yeah. So what you've just practised is exactly what she's speaking about as well. It's like honouring all the sides, the light and the dark and not judging self for that going it's okay this is part of being human yeah yeah what what a profound lesson to have <laughs> so, yeah you it's went... been good it's yeah. like iso and then here have venus retrograde as well yeah. while you're there <laughs> iso and then i grow yeah totally but that's what it's been right mm. i had holly and i've been talking about a little bit this week but i had a pretty um interesting start to venus retrograde yeah. <laughs> like the day the day it started I had um an ex-boyfriend write me a very 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 long um essay of sorts which was lovely to receive I really needed to hear the words that he gave me but it was right as Venus went into retrograde I was like this is too funny and then on the same day a guy that I'd been flirting with and had there'd been some sort of interest between the two of us. There was this very, very, very strong message that came through that day in the form of a person um, that was like, ah, uh, no, that you, you have to be in that. So like getting, moving that to the side. But what I realized last night, which has been interesting, and it's definitely Venus retrograde, if, is through dreams, but also just through like being in the house in stillness and in silence, I've had some very old memories of past loves come up that I have not thought about 
since they happened. And I've just been like, whoa. And seeing the resonance of it, like what happened from that moment in the rest of my life. Yes. I was like, whoa, this is insane. This retrograde yes. is actual for reals, you know? Yeah. I, I know you like we we've been talking this out because I've been feeling very very similar things this retrogrades brought a lot to the surface and I wonder Jordy if we're feeling it more because we are so forced into introspection there's lot there's still distraction going on but we are so much more like with our thoughts in ourselves we're practicing the isolation piece a little more and so we're forced to look at the stories and the symbols and actually sit with them and resonate more with them and go oh shit this is all landing yeah we're not as distracted I know there was a middle member I won't say her name on the potty, but she was saying that she's been having dreams where she has alternate endings to past relationships. Wow. And I was like, that is awesome. Oh I my love gosh. that. I feel so many of us are having these profound esoteric experiences where our intuition is, maybe it's not heightened. It's like, it's always been there. We've always been getting these messages, but we're so much less distracted that we're forced to sit and watch. And yeah, it, it's like we yeah. have greater access to it. Yeah, exactly. We're more in that flow surrendered state just by virtue of how life circumstance has been. So I guess that's a real collective gift to a lot of people is the gift of what really resonates with me right now. What messages am I being delivered and trusting and honoring those? It's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other gift I've gotten from ISO, and I've always been quite conscious of this, so have you, Holly, but um, I really, like it really drummed home how important self-isolation is to restoring my energy levels and that I actually like knowing my energy so intimately now if I want to do which I did this morning if I want to do a lighthouse walk followed straight by a vinyasa class I can do that but then I have to make sure that the rest of my day is pretty easy breezy yeah you know like if I had to do that and then go out and be social and do a million things and run around I would be floored by the end of the day and that's ISO's really tuned, made me aware and tuned me into my own energy um, capacity. You know, absolutely. Well, both you and I have experienced levels of fatigue and burning out throughout this experience, and based on schedules that aren't particularly packed, but the fact of what our energy can hold, and that's definitely been a thing for me too, Jord, of going. If I want to lay in bed until ten a.m. and just chill there for a bit, I don't need to start my day at a certain time sometimes, and it's okay. It's like permission for spaciousness, mm. permission for rest, revisiting things like napping, or you know, just like whatever my energy needs in that moment. And sometimes that's going to be heightened and frenetic. And then other times it's going to honor like long spacious Sundays. I actually feel like I hope that coming out the other side of this, I really honor and respect my Sundays more because I've really enjoyed having them to myself. They feel like a really sacred day to me. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I wish mm-hmm. I could say the same. I know. <laughs> it, it's like you have to show up and work on a Sunday so I can enjoy my sacred space of your gym class. So thank you so much. <laughs> well, that's the other exciting thing. I've been talking to some of the studios that I work for up here and like it's looking like we can open in June, which is so exciting. I'm so excited to touch people again. Oh, I actually I... had a dream last night that they opened the studio and they pulled me aside and said, now we can open the studio and you've got a packed class, but you're not allowed to touch anyone yet. And I was like, no. What's the <laughs> I don't work that way. <laughs> well, just as being a spectator of your live streams, Jord, the classes are just as magic. Well, I think I honestly, and I was thinking about it today, I really hope um, that some of the studios continue to do online classes because I know it's been really lovely to be able to access classes that I can't, like I've been doing a few Sydney dance company dance classes and that's nice. been so nice. And I can't do those from Byron no, usually. Exactly. I know, I know that Lexi that runs hustle who I do yin for, she's going to keep her online going which is really great I don't know if it'll include yin classes but definitely her Pilates if you guys haven't done her Pilates classes she is incredible really oh yeah I mean people are watching from all over the world I I, at the moment could probably just start doing them but when I was in like peak adrenal fatigue I couldn't I couldn't actually do them because they're so full-on but they're so fun 
Amazing. Well, this is the other thing, isn't it, Jordan? Another gift of ISO is discovering teachers you resonate with, classes you resonate yeah. with, ways of movement that you resonate with that you haven't tried before. Like there's been so many layers to this. It's um, I, I really do hope the online piece continues because it's definitely reignited my regular yin practice for one, as I yeah. said at the beginning. Yeah. And also, I think there are a lot of people, I mean, I know I'm like this with dance classes. Like it was really nice to be able to do a dance class and not be worried about what other people were thinking about me. Yes. But there's some people who are like, oh, I don't want to go to a bar class because, you know, I- I've never done it before. And there's yes. many people who are more experienced. And it's really nice to be able to get comfortable in your own home and then go, oh, okay, well, maybe I will go to a studio class. Yeah, it's like a warming up and a safety piece, which yeah. so many of us need. Yeah. Hmm. Go ISO, go ISO, go, go, go ISO. (laughs) John, what are you reckoning for us today? Well, uh, Holly, you're going to be so excited about this. Um, Mm. I'm recoing a British crime. It is a four-part series, which I love when there's just four-part series because it's like the beginning and the end of a tale. You know? Yeah, I get it. It's easy. It's snappy. It's easy. Like sometimes when it's a seasoned show, you're like, oh, they're going to just leave me hanging for a year and then I'm going to have to wait again. And nah, this is just like story in and out. It's great. It's on Stan. It's called Innocent. And it's about this man who has been in jail for seven years for the murder of his wife. The, The case has gone to trial three times and Every time they couldn't find him guilty, but they kept his sister-in-law, who was his wife's sister, kept having the case re-adjourned. Anyway, he finally got off and he got out and he swears he didn't kill his wife. And basically he's trying to figure out who did because he wants to clear his name. Um, And the police have reopened the investigation because they're like, how could we have gotten this wrong? Um, The policeman who who originally was behind the case was so sure it was him. So the head of police said to another detective on the squad, I want you to um, reopen the case and I want you to investigate it as if she died yesterday. And so that's what the four parts is about. It is so, so good. You're going to love it, Holly. I'm so excited. And i got to say, guys, trust Jord with her British crime recos because you gave me and Trent the longest list that we worked through in like a week because they were so, so good. So I'm really excited about this one. Yeah. What were some of those? Apple Tree Yard. Apple Tree Yard was my favourite. Safe. Safe. The Stranger. Uh, Yeah, they were the three. I've I've got a lot more, guys, if you want more. But, yeah, they're so good, hey? I'm so excited. Sound, sound, good. Innocent. Yeah, innocent. Holly, what is your record? Okay, so this one is for those of you, those of you, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm going to start that again. This one is for those of you who like yourselves a little bit of trashy reality TV. Um... And by trashy, I don't mean like batchy trash. I mean like what the fuck Kardashian Beverly Hills Housewives trash. There is a streaming what do you call it? A streaming network service. called, yeah, streaming service. Hey you. So they're like a Netflix or a Stan. It's H A Y letter U, and all they are dedicated to are trashy reality TV shows. So a couple of weeks ago, I all I wanted to do was just binge watch something trashy like Kardashians. And Leah was like, "Oh, get on Hey You. They've got all of the seasons of Kardashians there, but they've got so many interesting looking reality TV shows like Love Island desk ones. There's um." Uh, I forget the exact name, but I think it's Keeping Cavalieri, which is all about Kristen Cavalieri and her life. I do love Kristen Cavalieri. I mean, I hate her, which is yeah. why I love her. That's the thing. Oh, she'd be a good natal chart, actually. She would. Oh, so those sorts of um, TV shows, there's lots of like reality dating on island people type shows that I've never heard of in my life all of the housewife TV series and just things I've never heard of before. So guys, if you just like yourself a little bit of brain numbing slash killing reality TV drama, get yourselves onto Hey You. It's a free trial for a month. So that's what I'm doing. And I've lodged in my phone when the month is up to maybe cancel, depending on how much I get addicted to any of these, these um, shows. Can you watch it through your smart TV? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I watch it through my Apple TV. So it's got like a app? Yeah, it's got an app on your phone. Cool. I don't want to watch it. I know. You're not. I knew it was the one that would interest <laughs> you. 
It's a little bit uh, lowbrow for Jordana Levine. I don't know. I can get pretty lowbrow, but I just, I don't know why I don't like the Kardashians. I've tried so many times. Ruby's obsessed with them. Yeah. And I just like, I just can't get into it. I mean, they're super cringe, but I think that's why I like it. Mm. I don't, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a train wreck situation, right? You yeah. want to not watch, but you can't look away. Yeah. It, I don't know. It hits me in the places where I love a bit of gossip. It, it, it's kind of like the shadow side of self stuff. Where I'm like, <laughs> no, I get it. Like I, I totally get it. I, I, I'm not judging you at all. Do you know what I was doing this time around as I was watching them, though? I was looking up all their natal charts, and gosh, their dynamics are so clearly playing out. Like, Kim is Libran, but she's a Cancer Moon, and, oh, no, she's Pisces Moon, Sagittarius Rising. And I was like, whoa, this is interesting. Yeah. Then Chloe's a Cancerian, which makes so much sense when you watch. It's just, it was really, really and interesting. And what about... Um... Courtney. Courtney, yeah. Courtney is a little um, firecracker. What is she? Yeah, I think she's she's Aries or Sag. Yeah, she's a little firecracker. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got um, then you've got Kylie, who's clearly a Leo, like literally yeah. like waking up a child with rise and shine. And like, Kendall? Oh my god, I need to know all of them now. I haven't looked up Kendall's yet. She surely she's an Earth sign though. Oh, you think? I reckon she might be Libra. You think? Yeah. This up live right now. Yeah, let's look it up now. Kendall Jenner. How have we never Jenner. done her before? I don't know. I'd like to know Chris as well. Oh, Chris. She'd have to be a Leo or something. Chris? Chris is a projector in human design. Okay, but that's not what we're trying to find out. I know, but I just found that interesting. I'm like, that makes sense. Kendall Jenner is a Scorpio. Oh. Scorpio with an Aries moon. And an Aries rising. Wow. Oh, right. Kendall Jenner is an angry, angry girl. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to get on her bad side. Wow. Definitely not. She will cut you. <laughs> she will cut you and then burn you. George, are you ready to guess the celebrity natal chart of Robert De Niro? I am. I am. So I spent the morning watching Robert De Niro and Jimmy Fallon, which is my new prep for nail charts. I love this. It seems to be working for you. He's so like my dad. He doesn't give much, but he does have a good sense of humor. So mm. it's like he's laughing and he'll make you laugh, but he doesn't express a lot. No. Um... I don't know. It's so hard because he's an actor with a really long career. Mm. But I didn't see, like, in him, I didn't feel like a lot of classic actor tendencies. Um, I'm not going to look at you because you give away stuff on your face, just so you know. So I'm just I've got a very face descriptive out. face. Yeah. Descriptive? Is that the word? Here, I'll do this to my face. No, no. It's fine. I'll just look okay. over here. Um, so... Okay, I'm going to tell you what I initially thought when I was watching him. Okay. I initially got quite strong Earth vibes, particularly Virgo. But I didn't, I couldn't see, I couldn't see the Virgo, but I could, I could feel the Virgo in him. I, I'd be tempted to maybe put it as his moon. But I, I don't feel ready to commit to that yet. Hang on, hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, does he have fire in his chart? Yes. Okay. And I, I think it's fair to say that it's likely his son. Yes. Even though I didn't actually see a lot of it in these interviews, I feel like that's his essence on screen. And I know that's a bit weird. But yes, okay. But I but I'm not getting Aries vibes. Nope, not Aries. Okay, so it's either a Sag or a Leo son. Alright, I'm gonna park that. Does mm-hmm. he have a Virgo placement? Not in his front, but there are a couple in the back end. Mercury and Venus, Virgo. Ah. Okay, mm. so it's his Mercury Venus that I mean his Mercury Virgo, I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, so his moon and his he's definitely he definitely doesn't have air in his chart. Doesn't have air, you're right. No. Nah. Um I wonder 
Does he have a water placement? Yes. Is is one of those water placements Scorpio? No. Oh, okay. So he's not like Ronald. All right. Um, oh, is he double water? Yeah. So he hasn't got any earth? Nope. Except those behind the scenes Virgos. Yeah, and his Mars is in Taurus as well. Far out. Mm. Okay, so double water, but double not Scorpio. Double water, fire, not Scorpio. Oh, I still haven't guessed his son. Okay, no. I'm going to guess it. I reckon he's Leo. I don't think he's Sag. Leo. Yeah. yeah. Good job, Leo. Son. Overly Leo, to be honest with you, but he just didn't have Sag vibes. Totally. Okay, Leo, Leo, Leo. Pisces Moon. Yes. Pisces Moon. Yes. And a rising. Well, I'm going to say Cancer because I don't see Pisces in him at all. He's Cancer rising. Is he? Yeah. Wow. I mean, look, I guess that, but I don't actually. Like, he doesn't seem like any of those things. I actually think that was a bit random. So random. I would have said, if like if I just went straight off the bat, I would have been like, Virgo, Moon, Scorpio, Rising, maybe Leo, Sun. Totally. Yeah. What would you Isn't have it, guessed? Um, I, would, I would have guessed. Or maybe Capricorn in there somewhere? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have put any air in him, like you said. Uh and I would have I would have gone with Leo of all the fire placements just because he's an actor and process of elimination he wasn't an air sign but it was a really hard one yeah and I just love I just love his chart because it's so interesting because you've got your yeah Mercury and Venus in Virgo Mars in Taurus and then he's got two Gemini placements which are his Saturn and Uranus. Uh, and then you've, he's got Neptune in Libra. Like he's just got all sorts of elements. You know what's so interesting is because I always prep by watching interviews, I often get deterred by their Mercury. Like if you go back and listen to old episodes, I usually guess their Mercury thinking it's a personality placement. Right, of course. But that's because they're communicating in an interview. So that's silly of me. I need to have a different strategy. <laughs> or maybe we add Mercury to the mix and we have to throw Mercury in if we want to. Yeah, that's a good idea. Don't that was think? fun. That was fun. That was fun. Well done. You did good. Thanks. Okay, so last segment, I mean, and very relevant after Guess That Celebrity Natal Chart, is um, <laughs> I just think it's really important for you guys to know, because we talk about astrology a lot on here, but it's very important that you understand that Holly and I are not astrologists. I've studied astrology, but I have no certification. And basically the the term that we've coined for ourselves is junk food astrology. It's just a bit of fun. It's the surface mm. level astrology stuff. It's very hard to, and you guys will be getting this impression the more we talk about celebrity natal charts, is that it is a complete picture. It's the way that your moon interacts with your sun. It's the way that your Mars is in line with your Venus. It's like all of this sort of, all of these intricacies that we can't possibly use to describe you personally as a Capricorn or as a Pisces or, you know, as whatever you are in the little bite-sized bits of info that we give you. So we just wanted you to know that it's it's fun and to learn little bits about your individual planets and all the rest of it, but only when you have a full chart reading will it all sort of make sense. Absolutely. And the other piece is we're often getting asked, both personally and in the group, you know, I want to learn more about this. Where do I learn more? And for George and I, it really has been through like George has done a course herself, but also getting our charts read by professionals who specialize in this work, having our co-star up handy and reading that. Also the pattern app that we use regularly. Like there is so many tools that are available out there. They're at a simple search away, even going onto your local bookstore's site and searching for astrology books. Like we, we are very much the same in that we uh, want to know and, you know, knowledge is, is power for us both. 
So we read and we research and we do this all in our own time and it's all available for you guys to do as well. So definitely uh, take everything that we share with a grain of salt because it's based on our personal experiences, you know, and our interpretations of things. And if that doesn't land with you, that's that's kind of a good thing because it means you're critically thinking for yourself. Totally, totally. Yeah. What's the funnest thing that you've learnt about yourself in terms of astrology? My earth placements in the back end, for sure. Uh, and being double air has really opened up a lot of insight to me because, mm. yeah, I think the Leo thing is obvious for me on the surface, but being able to get into the depths of my, yeah, my mechanisms and how I work, like re-listening to the Mars episode last week, Jord, it really blew my mind. Like I felt so seen by myself speaking it out in the context of all the Virgo in me. And I was like, whoa, it, it takes judgment away. Like, you know, like criticism yeah. itself. How about you? Yeah, I mean, so many things. I think when I first learned about my moon sign and the fact that it was a Virgo, I just had this like penny drop. I was like, oh yeah, like inside I'm so critical and I'm such a perfectionist and I'm so OCD on the inside, but all of my outside placements are contradictory to that and that's why I struggle so much to live a normal life you know yeah um yeah. and I get so kind of like fostered about things and and once I could understand that about myself I was like oh yeah that makes sense and then when I started to learn that the majority of my chart is ruled by mercury and communication and that I was actually living out my natal chart in the work that I do and that's why it made me feel so um, lit up and I feel so in my element when I am communicating with my voice and communicating on screen and um, communicating in my writing why that feels so good and so true for me it's like it's all it's always been this way and yeah. I think yeah seeing those insights into yourself can be really illuminating I think also like knowing that Gemini is such a dominant part of my chart yeah. made me stop resisting all the Gemini stereotypes. I'm like, no, no, you are those. And they're actually really great when they're in balance. So just embrace them. It's this massive permission to be self. Mm. When you get a deep chart read and, you know, there are many readers, find someone who resonates with you. That's where it's like, it's like an intuitive read but more so because it's everything that is written in the stars since the day you were born. Mm. And I remember my eyes just going wide for the first time sitting opposite Jules Ferrari, who we've both had our charts read by, going, oh, my gosh, this makes so much sense. Like you said, this is the way I'm showing up in my life and how I'm living my life, and it's okay. My quirks and my shadows and my challenges, it's all okay because it's part of my life experience this time around. Yeah. And I also think it's been really illuminating to like learn the natal chart of the other people in your life and like mm -hmm. be able to be conscious of that. Like I know that when I found out one of my best friends was a triple water, I was like, whoa, I have not been nurturing your emotions nearly as much as I should be. You know, I had yes. no idea she was so sensitive. And I'm like, yeah. of course I should have been more sensitive to her sensitivity. But once I discovered that about her, it all just sort of made a lot more sense, you know? Absolutely. I think as someone who's not water dominant at all, I can be quite dismissive of that stuff. But knowing that your friends are so water heavy, it's like, no, you really need to jot. <laughs> Please don't yeah. <laughs> Even looking at the charts of my family members, like immediate family and the tension points that arise in my individual relationships with them, now I am far less charged in interaction with them, truly because I see their, you know, their moon playing out or that, you know, oh, our energies are so different. Like my sister's double earth uh, air and she's just like so we trigger each other a lot. I'm double A fire. And it's just like, okay, this is your Aquarius moon playing out and it's butting heads with this in me. And yeah, it, it kind of softens the blow of a lot of conflict, I guess, when you can see the energies of someone's chart and actually appreciate them for what's playing out in their chart and what's mm. going on with them emotionally. Yeah. And I mm. also think it's really important to note, we joke about it all the time, you know, like not being compatible with certain signs, but that is stuff that when you're conscious of it, you can actually work through it. You know, yeah. it's not to say that a Gemini could never be with a Sagittarius or a Leo could never be with a, what do you, what's your opposite? 
uh Aquarius Aquarius yeah it's like it's not to say that it's just like okay well I know this about you and I know this about me so how can we hold space for both of these signs to exist in harmony you know yeah exactly and you can always get your charts read together (laughs) which shows you how the working mechanisms of that and the intricacies because everything is laid and overlaps it's like a whole rabbit hole of it's crazy intricacy so holly and i had our charts read together by jules ferrari um we actually have it as an episode there's a few reasons we haven't aired it the sound quality is not amazing it's not terrible but then there's also a part of us that are is a bit like a part of us that thinks maybe um it's not very exciting for you guys to listen to that but if you really would like to let us know because we do have the reading it'll let you know exactly how a natal chart reading goes like give you a little taste of it and it also compares the compatibility of holly and i together which is quite funny i actually would love to re-listen to it i haven't listened to it since yeah no neither have i we should do Mm. we should do that anyway regardless but listeners do let us know if you're interested in hearing that um we won't be offended if you're not it's fine it's so fine fine. (laughs) so junk food astrology guys where you gals you come to for that but anything deeper and any intricate questions around astrology definitely find astrologers and we share often our favorites in the potties but you can do your own research too So, Jord, we've set the date for this month's coaching call in the middle membership. Yeah. It is this Wednesday night, the 27th of May at 6 p.m. And I'm going to be teaching all things the spiritual arts. I'm so excited. I know. You're just going to be my crash test dummy for the call. I hope that I perform well. I'm like, what if I'm terrible? I'm so excited because we're going to be doing things like telepathy and we're going to be doing things like intuitive ability and uh, all sorts of things. Okay. So because we're connected quite closely, just energetically, I think it's going to be really, really great. Okay. Um, So if you are keen to learn and you're not yet in the middle membership, please do jump in before Wednesday at 6 p.m. It's really exciting. Not only do you get your monthly coaching with us, but we also do a weekly energy read and we have our wine night and it's just your chance to get a little more intimate with Jord and I. Which you is- also get you also get bonus recos. Oh yeah our bonus recos go up every week as well. If you love the recos there's extras every week. Yeah it's so good. You've been listening to the middle with your hosts Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. Join us on Facebook. Just search the middle podcast and while you're there why not jump on over into the middle membership. We'll see you in our call on Wednesday night. We're also on Instagram. Just find us at the underscore middle underscore podcast. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.